Hello, wonderful people, and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, comedian Akin Amobitan, and Professor Dan Cable. In each episode, Dan and I discuss peer-reviewed and published social science papers, shaking out the best bits so that you, the listener, don't have to sift through pages and pages of academic literature. In this episode, we're going to jump you into a conversation that Dan and I had, which was about research conducted by Ryan Buell, Tammy Kim, and Chai Chung Se, in which the trio investigated whether organizations can create value by introducing visual transparency between consumers and producers. And where does this matter most, you might ask? In the kitchen. The trio went to a university cafeteria. They played around with some variables, allowing chefs to see the consumers, consumers to see the chef, vice versa, to see what, if any, difference this had to how the chefs felt about their work and how the consumers felt about their food. We very much hope that you enjoy listening to this episode i really love sandwiches a little less so after reading 25 pages of of this group so um to, so let's do some shout outs first as well so the um the uh the shout outs go out to uh, ryan buell uh, tammy kim and Chia Chia Jung Jung Se. Se. And, and the title the title of this one it's creating reciprocal value through operational transparency. And let me just break that down a little bit because Please right do. off the bat, this is in management science. It's one of the best articles that we, uh, one of the best journals that we have, but sometimes it can be a little dense. And so creating reciprocal value means that there is somebody making the food and there's somebody consuming the food. And if you can put them in touch with each other, could that maybe create more value for each party? That's actually kind of an interesting question because you definitely could go the other way, which is you want to make it much sleeker and leaner and you create value through efficiency. And that means really the, the, the cooks and the chefs, they should never see the customers. You want to break that apart. What they're asking is maybe not. Maybe it actually creates more value if they can interact with each other. And then the notion of operational transparency, this is the idea that you can either put the cooks in the back so that they don't see folks, and you can make the, the case that the people you are ordering the food, the customers, that they know there's cooks back there, but you can't see them back there. And what happens if we make that more transparent? Yes. And to immediately go off on a, uh, I love tangents, I do. So I, I was, I was, as I was reading this, I was thinking about the different restaurants in which you do see the cooks. So Subway's a great example. Not only do you see them, but you do interact with them as well. So there's a, a glass pane, you talk to them, you say what you want in your Subway sandwich. And through that, there's communication, there's transparency. You're like, I'd like a bit more black olives, please. And they very uh, conservatively sprinkle and like, more black olives, Even please. Even more than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's also, because one of the things that they look at as well, which is very important in this, is that creating that transparency doesn't always lead to value for both parts. So if you take a restaurant like Yo Sushi, for example, when you look at completed sushi, you can tell it's been crafted. It's not just been plated. So you don't necessarily need to see the chef in that regard because you have a, a mental framework of what sushi looks like. So if that roll is tight, if that uh, tempura is crispy, you know the chef has done a good mm-hmm. job. Like, However, there's certain foods, and if we, if we use sandwiches in a, as an example, which without seeing the craft that goes into it, you might just think someone has just got two pieces of bread mm put some filling inside it, closed it, and now you're down four pounds. 
Whereas this is saying that even with something as simple as making a sandwich, if you make it transparent so that the the uh, the customer can see the uh, the sandwich artist at work, mm-hmm. and also if the sandwich artist can see the customer engaging with the sandwich as well, both of them are likely to enjoy, find I guess find more appreciation. Mo- th- there you go. I think I think that there's probably different ways that this could work. Um, you were going to maybe use the word enjoyment, and sometimes that's the case too. They didn't study that at all, but we could come back to that. For example, a real quick one there is, if you're chatting with somebody over the glass, and each of you has a bit of a laugh, maybe it's over the olives, or maybe it's over whatever, there is a new value that's different from the sandwich that's just been created. Yes, That personal interaction, that little bit of a smile... It may have made, you still get the four pound sandwich, but you also got a little smile out of the deal. Yeah. So that's a little different um, than the notion of appreciation, which is if I just pick up the thing and it's already made and wrapped, and I don't even think a human made this, okay, it's worth four pounds. If it's the case that I'm watching you carefully craft it and you're listening to me and interacting with me, I might assign even more value to it. And now you're only charging me four pounds. Oh, Dan, I was, I was in, I was in Thailand, uh, let's say two years ago, I was in Thailand and I went to a, uh, a food market, outdoor food market in a lovely town called Pai, which is in the north of Thailand. And before the night, everyone was talking about this dude that makes these avocado on toast. And this is like, a, so we're talking about like seven, eight, nine PM. Yep everyone's game for avocado. I live in East London. Like, I don't need to go to the other side of the world for avocado toast. Some of it, like, well, the hype is here. I want to I wanna see what's up with this yep. avocado toast. So I, I get there to where his stall is set up, and the queue is ridiculous. And I'm just a bit like, you're in Thailand. Why is anyone even eating avocado toast in Thailand? When it's my turn to get my my avocado toast, I see what all the fuss is about. So it's not just toast, but it's like these artisanal slices of bread. He has this massive vat of what I'm assuming was like hand-crushed avocado. But Dan, the cue is there because the amount of time that he is taking with each one, which sounds like it sounds unnecessary when he's making someone else's sandwich, when he's making yours, you are glued. Wow! It, it, it's it's wow. like like he's like you can spread avocado. He does each one like as if like he's pouring his heart into it. I can't remember how much he charged for them. All I remember is that I've ne- I can still I still can taste right. this avocado because just watching right. the right. care yep. that he and the smile on his face and the joy that it was bringing wow. him was making, like, I was salivating just watching. That's so interesting. Just watching it, I was just a bit like, oh, there's something that more that's going into this than yes. just labor. Almost like his, I'm going to call it obsession with your sandwich. Yes. His artistry. I know that Subway calls him sam- sandwich artist, and sometimes that's used a little bit tongue-in-cheek, I, th- I think. In this case, it sounds like he was bringing love and certainly obsessiveness to your sandwich. Yes. And maybe that created a personalization that made it not only more valuable, somehow more interesting, it made it more of an event. That's close to some of the stuff that's in this article. I think that 
No, again, we could go on and on. There are four <laughs> studies, two yeah. in the field, two in the lab. We're not going to be able to cover all this in our typical wabi-sabi fashion. I don't want to cover all of this. I've read enough of this study. And the question was quite simple as yep. well. The question was, does making the process transparent actually generate substantive benefits? And if so, for whom? A very simple question. Four studies, then. Yes, four, four studies later, and very <laughs> small font with a lot of statistics. But also some very pretty flow diagrams of how customers move through the stores. Yep. Don't know if you liked those as well as I did. I found them fun. What I, what I liked most I about them I got highlighters out. <laughs> what I enjoyed most about the diagrams is that that was less space for text. It was... <laughs> that's, that's classic. That's just classic. Well, let me, I think it, this one was 25 pages of very, very tight text. Um, and I believe that what we ought to do is focus on the employee piece of the journey. And the reason why I say that is if we're trying to link this study with the magic of putting somebody on the moon, the common denominator of these two studies are how you can go from putting something on bread, cheese and ham on bread, as the action, how can you impute or push more meaning into that? And what this article um, first argues very um, consciously, but then also proves in a, in a load of studies is, if you allow the sandwich maker to look at his or her customer, they somehow connect with that making in a different way. And that is somehow related to the NASA. I think, I think it, although it's in a totally different context of making food instead of making circuits, that's the common link between these. And what I kind of enjoy about this um, quite a bit is, while the last article um, dealt a whole lot with what did Kennedy, the president, do in terms of these four steps in this one, they didn't go through those four steps at all. And it's less about the rhetoric. It's much more about investments that leaders can make to allow employees more direct connection with the people they serve. They, they set up some iPads. I mean, let's be honest. That's what they did. Yeah. You, you have these chefs in the back who usually do not get to see the customers or what's going on in the front. Unlike your experience at McDonald's. Where oh, I could see everything. You could see everything could all see the time. Yeah. So that's a decision that was made. There was a decision made to make it open kitchen so that all the chefs and the cooks and the and the you know whatever pack there could see each customer as they were ordering. Other places think of it very differently. They say, well, the, we want to block them off. We want to isolate them. We want to make them efficient back there. We don't want them to bother with the customers. And an article like this would say that by putting in a little iPad where you, the chef, can see the customer who's ordering. You don't have to talk to them. Nobody could talk to anybody. It somehow caused them to feel like their work was more valuable. Yeah, and I want to give a, a general shout out to science because a lot of people have got some very good opinions, but they don't really have that much to back them up. So what, what, uh, what this team did is they surveyed nearly 300 customers. And the way that they surveyed them was to spend 10 days at a university catering hall. They set up iPads so that um, there, there, were, there were different options that were had. So one of the options was that the, the chefs could see the customers 
and the customers could also see the chefs as well. So it wasn't like the iPads were shoved in people's faces, but there was that option. So as a customer, I could place my order, and while I'm placing my order, I could see the chefs at work. And what this also meant is that while the chefs were at work, what they had the uh, uh, the option of doing was seeing the customers as well. So what that means is that when you when you think about this idea of spending, because um, I found out recently that one of the things that chefs suffer from, it's like chef's foot. There's a technical name for it, but just oh. this idea of standing up all day. Did you call it chef's foot? I called it chef's foot. I'm, like I'm a very patronizing individual. So I, I actually met this chef and he was, he had like an issue that needed like he was seeing like uh, a doctor yeah. to have it treated and he said it was quite common. Yeah. So you can imagine being locked in a, I say locked, I imagine they're allowed to go and go, come and go. During their please. breaks, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like during your six minute break. Um, <laughs> but um, so you, you stood up for a long part of the day and you're making sandwich after sandwich after sandwich. And I believe that in experiment one, the, the case was like a grill station as well. So the, the customer will know that it's a fresh sandwich, but they're not going to see the sandwich being made. And as, a, as an employee, you're now, you just get these tickets and these tickets are like beef, ham, chicken, tuna. And you just go to work on this. You go to work on it and you give it to through another. a little window. Yeah, That's what I envisioned. Yeah. Based on the description, there was like a seven inch by four inch window that they would shove a ticket in at you. Yeah. And then you'd like, make the food. And then when you finished it, you'd shove it back to the yeah. wall. I reckon you could put your face down there and get a quick glimpse at what's going on you, in the real could, world. But I imagine like a hand would <laughs> like, get back, back there, get back. <laughs> and and I can I can see how, I can see how as an employee, that would cause a great deal of frustration. Because I imagine there's several people who've had this experience before where you work really hard on a project, you contribute towards something, and the boss, the leader, just takes all of the credit. So you now get a ticket, which is shoved through a window, you grab at it, you put together this piece of work, like this piece of- You're yeah, nourishing humanity. Yeah, you're you. nourishing humanity. Now you give it to the, the cashier. Yeah. And the cashier now walks gets up. Gets the credit. Gets all of the credit. Here's your nice professionally made um, personalized sandwich. Yeah, yeah, it's a grill. Oh. You've requested what you want in that sandwich. It's bespoke. It's made for you. And this cashier Are you drooling now, a little bit? I'm so hungry always. <laughs> like that was, I think that's another reason why I never want to look at this study again is because each one of them, I was like, I'm so hungry. Oh like, gosh. Oh, I love when they described a little bit later, they showed some videos. They did some lab studies where they showed some videos to people and each one of them described that there was a sandwich, a pickle, and a bag of crisps. <laughs> yes, yeah. And it was the same bag of crisps. When I read that, it made me drool a little bit. <laughs> I wanted crisps last night. <laughs> I was reading this article, and I wanted the crisps so bad with the pickle. <laughs> yeah, you think, you know what would make this much easier to read? Some crisps. <laughs> so <laughs> fun. Anyway, you need to finish your thought, because one of the really important things you brought up is there were four conditions and you could either have um, one situation where the customer saw the chef and the chef saw the customer. You know, There was one where the customers could see the chef, but the chef couldn't see the customers. There was one where the chef could see the customers, but not vice versa. And then there was just normal plane operations where they were treated like Igor behind the wall. And what they found is that the, the biggest uptick in customer satisfaction um, was when 
both occurred. And there was full transparency, and each side could see the other. When that was the case, they were 22% happier with the same food. Which is a staggering figure. It's incredible. the same food, yeah. This is the one that actually was a little more magical to me. Even when the customer couldn't see the worker, and the worker could only see the customer as that one-way kind of mirror, what they found is the customers were still 18% happier with the food. Which is, now what's fascinating about that is, it's, what's fascinating about that is the idea, because in that scenario, the chef can still see the customer. And because of that, because of that slight difference, like the science is suggesting that they're actually putting that much more love into it. Like they care that much more because what's happening at that point now is they're not just seeing the sandwich. They're now able to associate the sandwich with the person that it's nourishing. That's right. So instead of thinking to yourself, let's say at the end of your shift, you think to yourself, oh, wow, I made 48 sandwiches today. You're now thinking about the 48 faces that are associated with each of those sandwiches as well, which is fantastic to think that 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 connection there, what you're now pouring into it, you're not just thinking, I'm filling bread. You're now thinking this is now going to, especially if you think about it in the sense of like a university, you're now thinking these are students, these are people, these are the children of tomorrow. These are the brilliant minds that will shape the future that? that my children have to live in. They might not be thinking it overtly, but I think at some level, when you start connecting your actions with how they affect affect other people Mm, mm. you start to realize what you're actually putting out Mm. into the world and there's a lot there's a great deal of empathy there Mm. as well if if you're able to detach yourself from that what you're now doing is saying that there's a limit to the result of my actions or the consequences of my actions. there's a limit like it only goes so far you've just done a really nice job again like kind of ratcheting back to the the nasa example if you are a person pushing a broom and you don't really know why. It's just a job. And somebody says, what are you doing? You say, you know what? Around here, I, I, I push a broom around. If you think you're doing that in the service of putting a man on the moon, yeah, you're pushing the broom, but that's not really what I'm doing. And that's really nice to bring back to what you just said. If I'm behind this wall, and I don't even see who I am. I'm just filling bread. Then what my action is, is filling bread. But if I actually see the face of the person that ordered it, then I'm making that person their lunch or I'm nourishing that person. That's really interesting because nothing's different and yet it's very different. Yes. The physical part isn't different. You're still putting ham on bread. And I think the idea, and again, the magic, I'll say that out loud. The magic here is that even though the customers couldn't see the workers, the workers put more energy and love and process into what they were producing it was enough that their customers noticed and statistically significantly substantially liked it more yes that's really interesting some of the stuff that came out of this first off is that they actually did it quicker that they actually they called it like operational efficiency or something like this yeah it was like throughput time yes yeah so throughput time is the time at which you place the order and the time, compare that to the time in which you get it. Yep. So let's say it typically would take five minutes from placing the order to you now getting it. When the chefs could see the people who were um, eating the sandwiches, not only were they able to make it quicker, 
but they were this the the rate of satisfaction from the customers was higher as well. So it's not that they were doing a slapdash job; they were somehow doing it better and quicker as well yeah, through that that lens as well that was now provided to them. I think that that is so interesting and counterintuitive. Earlier, when you said you want to give a shout out to science, that is what <laughs> science allows you to do. It it lets you take these counterintuitive. If you hadn't done this study and you told somebody, guess what? Just by letting the cook see the people, they're not only going to do it better, they're going to do it faster. You'd have a, half the people disagreeing. Oh, totally. No, 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 definitely not the case. You want inefficiency. You want them back there. They, you don't want them looking at each other. They're going to waste time. They're going to be smiling and waving at each other and so on and so forth. Not so. The way the data came out is that the people who got to see them did it faster and better. And like some of the stuff that's really interesting is like what's actually going on. One of the things is, let's say that over the course of lunch, you know you're going to be making like burgers every five minutes. So one thing you do is even if there's no orders, just throw some burgers on there and get them cooking. Yeah. That way, when somebody orders it, pop it on a bun, get it out there. What they learned is that they were making bespoke burgers once they could see who was ordering it, and then statistically significantly, those customers thought the food was not overcooked. Yes. There were statistically less overcooked um, ratings. And so just the idea like, or in the morning, let's say I know loads of people are going to make fried eggs. Lots of people are going to order them. I'm just going to go ahead and grill up six of those. And then when they order, I'm going to pop them on the plate. But no, under this new approach, if that person just ordered an egg over easy, I'm just going to go ahead and do that for them, nice and fast, but for them bespoke. And so what they get is what they ordered, and I feel better about doing it. So I think that there's something win really win. cool there. Yeah, totally a win-win. And um, without uh, the aggregated uh, data, uh, so I did mention that I did uh, work in McDonald's for some time. So I worked on the tills. And so what they would do to make the team more efficient is if you worked on the tills, they would train you on the fry station as well. And there'd be like some other small things that they'd train you on as well so that when they're ordered... And now, because I worked on the till, any time they did put me on fries, that's, that's heaven for every customer. Because if you order a medium fries, there's not going to be any space for any more fries when I do the fries. Because I, I've spent, let's say, X amount of hours now with these people taking their order and giving them the tray. I've had customers come back and be a bit like, yo, like I ordered a large fries, yeah, like yeah, where are the yeah. fries at? Like this is... So anytime I was on, I would stuff them in. And I think it was to a point where like the manager would be like, yo, relax on the fries, man. And I'm like, no, because I'm not filling the fries for you. I'm filling the fries for every customer that comes and orders a meal. And with that meal comes fries. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm filling the fries for. So I want to make sure that each person, when they get their tray, they're a bit like, that's definitely some fries. Yeah, I can like, fuel those I can fries. Feel the, yeah. <laughs> specific gravity around these fries. Yeah, but it was just having that connection. Whereas the kitchen team, although they could see the, the, the restaurant layout, there was like a big barrier in between where you would have like the conductor who would be letting them know how many more burgers, how many more of these are required. Were they a manager? Special order. It was a manager, yeah. And so the manager would be like just conducting. And it's quite masterful as well. Um, however, anytime I was there, my 
I didn't have that barrier to the customers. Even though it was a slight one, I didn't have that. So I would directly think to myself, this is for each individual person. So as I'm filling up each carton of fries, I'm like, that's a person, that's a person, that's a person. So you can really empathize with this study. Oh, totally. No one wants to be shortchanged on fries. Absolutely. You know, there's something else that, um, there's so many other cool things about this, and I don't know exactly how much time we have left to chat about it, but... I, I do. Say, we have two minutes. Okay. Let's move quick then. <laughs> I want to really quickly jump to the study that they did online where you go onto basically Amazon and there's a way that you can get people to take part in experiments. What they did is they had these people take part in these experiments where they got to watch these different types of films. And one of them, it was like what the chef would see if they were making it on their own. And in another one, it would be what the chef would see if they got to make it, hand it to the middle, the runner, who then gave it to the customer. And one where they interact with the customer the whole time. And just to add to, to what you're building on as well, from my recollection, this was like, um, like a GoPro on the head. Yep. So this was like a point of view cam. So it wasn't just like a documentary film crew, like, you know, in the face. So you can imagine you're watching it from the perspective, which I imagine allows a greater deal of empathy because you, you see the hands at work, you see the construction taking place. And what I really enjoyed about this experiment, because people are randomly assigned to these different conditions, and then they asked them a bunch of questions about how would you feel under these different set situations? One of them that they looked at is, would you feel like you were being monitored more? Meaning, if you're not behind the wall and you're kind of exposed to the customer, one reason you might sort of work harder is because you're being watched. You're going to feel monitored. Another one might be because you see your impact on people. And that's what you just mentioned. You see that I just made this and now I hand it to you and you're going to eat it and, and enjoy that. And then the third one is this notion of perceived appreciation, which is you did I just hear the alarm? You did. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start. We'll start. We're, we're close. We're close. Yeah, well, I feel like we've, we've, I feel like we're covering a lot. So, so for four studies. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're just running through these studies. Last night when I was on study three, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be up till 1230. Oh, it was, it, it, it was rough. And I think as well, um, I'm going to have a slight dig at them. Uh, I, I love to, I'm giving them massive props, a slight dig. Oh man, there was so much repetition. So even in some of the paragraphs, it was like, okay, I think I've got that point. And it was just kind of, and I can see why they were doing it because the repetition, well, one, when you're doing so many studies, there's definitely going to be themes that um, reoccur, which you would expect as well, because they're looking at one united theme. But goodness me, there were some points where I was like, I've got it. Yeah. (laughs) And and I also want to chip in as well in terms of, so the, the, I guess the, the maximum, uh, I guess, appreciation, was that the word that we used? That's right. It's was when they could appreciation. Perceived the yep. pre- appreciation was when they could both see each other. Now, it's also important to note that if the customer can see the chef, the customer will have a greater appreciation. That doesn't necessarily affect the chef as much. And it, I guess it's that idea that you talk about of feeling watched and it feels like another layer of management, you could say. And so it's not as, as great a boost to the chef knowing that they're being watched. So if we are looking at it from the employer's perspective 
And to kind of give this a broader look as well, whatever it is, especially if you are a leader or a manager, one of the things that you should be trying to, if it's not already in place, is put situations in place where the team that you are managing are allowed to see the results of the work that they are doing. So that's to say that if someone is at their desk nine to five each day, fantastic, they might be doing a great job there. But if that job has something to do with, let's say an event or let's say a product, it's so valuable to take some time out to say, okay, you've worked on this project for this amount of time. Now on this day, don't worry about your desk and your machine. We're gonna take you to, let's say it's a center where you know you can see what your, your admin in your box ticking is doing. Let's say it's a product and we, you can see you know, how it, it yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah that's and right. there's a great deal of value. I remember working for a, I've worked for so many companies. I worked for an event company, which I won't name. And they had a whole team of people who were working on sales. They were working on marketing. They were working on design, so many different elements. And when it came to the actual event itself, what they did is they only invited key members of the sales team to the event. And so as companies do, so not as companies do, as employees do, we talk. And we were all massively annoyed, massively annoyed that we had put all of this work in, now there's a launch party and you're not inviting us? And then the day of, in the morning, because they'd undersold tickets, they said, now we're gonna open it up to the whole team. No one wanted to go. And there was going to be free food, free drinks. They it was the bitter. work that we were you like, no. Bitter. Yeah. Whereas if leading up to it, mm. from the jump, it's like there's going to be a launch party. And to reward the hard work that you're doing, you're going to be able to come. You're going to see the clients. These banners that you've designed and that we've sent off to print, you're going to be able to see them, touch them, and feel like that's my work. What that does is it inspires a, a greater deal of appreciation and, I guess, purpose and, and That's value right. That's right. and meaning towards what you've done. Yes. And I guess what that means is when you then come back into work, you don't just think to yourself, I'm designing, I'm ticking boxes, I'm selling. I know how you, it all fits together. Yes. And I care more about it personally. Definitely. I, I think that that's actually a pretty good place to end this article because what they found in this is while they did perceive that monitoring went up, this feeling of almost like having another boss because I'm being watched, they found that that was not what predicted the satisfaction with their work or their desire to do more work to make the customers happy. The predictors there were that I see the effect of my actions, I see the impact, and I perceive that they appreciate me. And I think that that matches so well. That science matches so well with what you felt when you were actually living the work. And both of those are different from how a lot of managers see it. Because they're wearing glasses that let them see efficiencies only. And if you're not at your desk knocking out code or moving the cursor across the screen, then you're not adding value. And this idea that many managers see it as a waste of time to let you talk to the customer or see the customer or see the product launch. That's what science allows us to understand is that that's incorrect, even though if you use an efficiency mindset, it may seem logical to you. Yes. And it, it shows that there's value there for the employee, value there for the customer slash client, also a great deal of value for the organization as well. 
And um, I guess as we are touching down, I, one of my favorite parts about these research studies, so I'm just going to read uh, a quote from the end. Um, so they're talking about the findings and, you know, the percentages being high in terms of appreciation. Uh, and, and it reads, whether the effects would remain, taper off or disappear is a question for future research. Dot, dot, <laughs> dot, dot. So just like us, they're like, we've now had enough of sandwiches. If someone yes. would like to pick up this hard yes, work, please. there you go. It's, it's, it's yours <laughs> to run with. Here's the baton. <laughs> Delicious reading. Thank Love you it. for talking with me about this. I Thank really you very that. much, Dan. So much fun. So much fun. Oh, super. <laughs> Listeners, thanks for, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in as well. And, uh, and just a shout out as well. I think I mentioned this early. Both Dan and myself, we're both um, on Twitter. So you can give us a follow. Dan, you're at Dan Cable One. Dan Cable One. Uh, and I'm at Akin Omobitan. So yeah, yeah, more goodness, more sandwiches, more everything. <laughs> Enjoy, everyone. <laughs>